Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Picky Bookworm podcast. I am Pamela, your host for the day. And well, actually, your host for every day, but whatever. Um, I am here with Neil Romriel today. And uh, before we hit record, we were talking about um, interesting names and interesting spellings. So we may end up back on that subject at some point. Um, but it, it was super interesting. And I am really excited to have him on the show today. We're going to talk books. We're going to talk life. We're going to talk everything in between. So grab your tea, grab your wine, grab your laundry, Caroline. We're going to get started. Neil, it is so nice to meet you. Um, it's, um, I believe we follow each other on Twitter um, prior to its potential meltdown. Um, hopefully it won't go too far away. Um, and, but I don't think that we had ever like officially interacted much. Um, algorithms are horrible things. Um, and cause I, I tend to usually see like, the same people on my timeline, even when I try really hard to, you know, kind of branch out and, you know, interact with different people. Um, but you went and um, put a request in on my website to be on the podcast. So uh, we get to interact finally <laughs> we get, and we get to chat and um, the, your book title um, sounds really interesting. So um, before we get to that, will you just real quick, uh, let us know a little bit about yourself uh, what started you writing, uh, what inspires your writing, uh, all that kind of stuff. You bet. Well, thank you also for, for having me. This is a real honor. And uh, to, to what's funny, you mentioned the algorithm real quick, sorry, is that I, I'm pretty sure I had seen posts of yours, but I think you had put a call out because you had like a cancellation or something. And it was another friend of mine that had been like either reposting it or responding is the reason I'd even seen the original. Oh, <laughs> So, but after that, I did start trying to pay a little bit more attention to you, to, to check out your podcast and stuff. So oh, anyway, thank you. But, <laughs> have you have you had a chance to listen to to any of the previous episodes? Yes, I have. I have. In fact, it's on my Spotify, oh, and nice. so. Uh, <laughs> So, but anyway, yes. Um, well, thank you. I am Neil Romrell. Um, I released my debut novel this year. Um, I actually have been trying to write a book since I was a sophomore in high school. Um, and it just never happened. I'm now uh, 45, if that tells you anything. So, <laughs> so it took a little while to get there. Um, but, uh, but one of the reasons I, I like storytelling, I come from kind of a line of storytellers and uh, my, my grandfather has written a couple of books or, or before he passed away, he had written a couple, couple of books, um, just telling stories about when he was a, a child and growing up in the old West, kind of, he, he called it the old West. It was Idaho. Idaho's about 10 years behind everything else in the world. So uh, it, it was still kind of the old West at the time. <laughs> um, but, uh, but anyway, um, and so uh, I, I'd always wanted to write a book. I tried over the years. Uh, I played Dungeons and Dragons a lot. And so I, usually it had like a fantasy bent to it when I tried to write. Um, but I just never could quite get over the hump. And then uh, as many have uh, as have done and has, have said, when COVID happened, I was stuck at home. I had my kids here with me uh, and I couldn't go to work for a while. And lo and behold, that was kind of what the catalyst was to kind of get me over the edge. Uh, and I completed my, uh, my first novel in uh, 2020 and uh, actually had it signed to a publisher, um, <laughs> which, which sadly uh, uh, ended up going under, but, uh, yeah. but I, yeah, which is, it's, it's all good lessons learned. And so uh, I was, uh, I had a book, it was basically ready. It had been through editing. It had been through a lot of other stuff. Apologize, I think my phone just went off. Um, but anyway, I uh, I was ready to publish, and I said, okay, I'm going to do this. And so I uh, looked into what all needed to be done with formatting and um, formatted the book myself, uh, got the cover art from a friend of my daughter's, and uh, lo and behold, there we go. So, <laughs> so what um, I – one of the things that I see a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot from – authors, um, especially authors who are self-publishing and have, you know, have chosen to self-publish for whatever reason. Um, what tool did you use to format? 
and how can you kind of walk quickly through how you did that? Because I, I know a lot of authors that that's like the bane of their existence is formatting. So if there is an easy way that you manage to do it or lessons learned from doing it, I think that our listeners uh, would really appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, so I actually edited my uh, book, or excuse me, not edited, but I formatted my book in Microsoft Word, which I know is kind of like a bugaboo. A lot of people don't do that. Um, I just, I was, I, I didn't have a lot of money. Uh, I was kind of doing it on a shoestring budget. And I know there's some great programs out there, which I may in the future invest in. Um, in fact, there were some things formatting wise in my book I had to leave out because I just couldn't get them quite to work. Um, but I, well, it's okay. But, um, but I, uh, I essentially what I did is I went online and I was, I was looking to compare kind of different, different systems. And I actually found a series of videos on YouTube and, uh, I could probably find her name. I, I don't have it off the top of my head. It's been so long since I used it now, but, um, but she had a whole series on editing or excuse me, formatting your book in word. And when I started doing it, I realized, yeah, I can totally do this. I'm, I'm very familiar with Word. I've been I've been using Word for my you know work for a long time, and so um, it was just a few things. The hardest part was probably the headers and the footers. Uh, you know, getting the numbers right and getting everything to, to match up correctly. But um, but I feel very proud of my book. Uh, I think I actually sent you a signed copy, so hopefully you get that soon if you haven't already. So <laughs> I, I have not yet, um, but I I am super excited. Um, well. Any pretty much anybody who has known me for oh I don't know five seconds or so. Um, is aware of my obsession slash love slash um, obsession with uh, with my signed books. Um, and I uh, even when I receive a signed book, I will usually go on Kindle and buy the Kindle copy um, for for two reasons. Uh, one is, the author is so nice and so kind to send me this, this free copy of their book that costs them money. I, I am well aware that it, it costs you money um, to, to purchase the book and then to, to ship it out. And um, I, a couple, I would say probably about a year, maybe a year and a half ago, I had um, changed my review policy where I do not receive, um, I do not accept, um, author copies, um, from okay. like eBooks from authors in return for a review. Um, because I want to be able to support indie authors. The whole point of my business is to support indie authors is to create a community for you guys is to support and promote and, you know, all of these things. And I didn't feel like receiving a free copy from the author was, was actually supporting them. I, I didn't feel like that was, that was the way that I wanted to go. And I, I started um, feeling um, a lot of pressure not from the authors. Authors are, you guys are so patient. Let me tell you. Um, but I started feeling guilty. I started feeling a lot of pressure if I had been sent this free book and my inner mood reader didn't want to read that book just then. And it took me a year and a half to read the book. And I have books that I, that authors have sent me like two and a half years ago that I still have yet to read. And I, I didn't, I didn't like the pressure. I didn't like feeling guilty. So I opted to, um, start purchasing their books. Um, and so that way I can support the author, um, with my purchase, with my money, um, get, make sure that they get that royalty, um, and then I have the book forever. And when I get to it, I get to it. And when I can write about it, I can write about it. Um, and so, you know, and support them in that way. So um, when an author sends me a signed copy and a signed book, it goes in my beautiful collection. And I, I have them 
everywhere. I probably have about a shelf and a half um, of signed books that authors have sent me. Um, and I want them to stay pretty. I don't, I don't want to break the spines. I don't want to, cause I bring on the judgment, but I'm a spine breaker. It's, it's a thing. <laughs> when I am reading a, when I am reading a paperback or a, a hardback uh, book, I like to be able to hold with one hand. And in order to do that, um, I, the, the spine gets broken. I, I'm a spine breaker. So I'm so sorry for, for all of you listeners out there that are having a coronary right now. Um, but I wanted my signed copies to stay pretty. And so I um, buy the Kindle copy so that one, my signed copies stay pretty. And two, I'm still able to support that author in that way that I want to. Um, so um, again, probably most people who have known me for about five seconds um, have learned that about me because uh, I will tell anybody. Um, and I have had um, authors email me before through my website and request, you know, hey, can I send you a free copy of my book or, you know, like what you did. Um, and so, you know, I always have to email them back and say, I don't accept free, free books. Um, but if you will send me the blurb, you know, or send me like a synopsis or the link to the Amazon or, you know, something like that, then I am more than willing to look at it. And if it looks like a book that I think I would enjoy, um, I would prefer to purchase instead of, um, instead of receiving that free copy, because I mean, you guys work so hard on your books. I, I see the blood, sweat and tears on Twitter all the time from, from just how hard you guys work. And, you know, while I understand the need for ARC readers and while I understand the need for, for people who will review your books and, um, you know, the people who don't necessarily have the budget to purchase your book, um, and, you know, but still really want to read it and still really want to review it. Um, that's great. And I, I would never judge somebody for emailing an author and saying, Hey, do you have a free copy you can send me? <clears throat> I would never judge somebody for that. Um, that just was not the way that I wanted to do things. So I, I'm very, very, very excited to get, uh, your signed <laughs> copy. Um, and as soon as I can, I will go and purchase the Kindle. Um, I cannot promise when I will read it can't promise. Um, but, um, my, my library on my Kindle is, um, I think at last count, it was 565 books. Oh my goodness. That's, that's not, that is not counting the, um, the series in one books. There's okay. like, there's some that are like four books in one that counts as one book. 12 books in one that counts as one book. It's not counting those. That is 565 single books in, in my Kindle. So, um, I, I can't promise that I will ever get to all of them as much as I would love to. Um, I could be on my deathbed someday and just be like, Oh no, I didn't read Neil's book. Ah! Uh, so, but, um, Speaking of your book, um, can you tell us what it's about and um, let us know just a little bit of maybe the inspiration behind it? Absolutely. So my debut novel is Sight Alpha. Uh, that was not its original name. Its original name was Eyes in the Dark. And when I originally finished writing the book, I checked online and there was only one book that was named that. And I think it was like a nature book with animal eyes or something. And by the time I'd finished editing and formatting and all the other stuff and going through all the rigmarole it, by that time there's like three other books that were called eyes in the dark so oh, no. canceled that <laughs> canceled that uh it is called site alpha and um the uh the book follows a uh a young woman named charlotte barnes and she works for a uh, secret society that essentially uh it's like game wardens, but for cryptids like Bigfoot or the Loch Ness monster or things like that. They uh, they work to keep them protected and safe and hidden away from humanity. Um, they also sometimes work to keep them away from each other uh, because sometimes the cryptids don't get along. And uh, you kind of follow the journey and then the 
majority of the book takes place at the uh, the organization's original base, Site Alpha, which is kind of old and decrepit now. And uh, that comes a little bit, the inspiration for that kind of comes from the fact that I work in government and it seems like government never wants to give up a building like ever. Like it doesn't matter. The thing can be falling apart, as best as falling out of the walls. Yeah, we'll hold on to it. <laughs> we'll figure out something we, to do. Yeah, the government is probably, <laughs> they are probably the biggest pack rats in the world. <laughs> No, wait, we can use that someday. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so anyway, but, uh, but, and then, uh, you know, as, as, as will happen, uh, there's a, uh, of course, mysterious, uh, uh, force that kind of is, is, uh, looking to, to take out some revenge on the society. It's a, it's an enemy that, uh, that, uh, they've, they've wronged in the past, at least in, in, in the entity's mind. And, uh, so we, uh, we get to kind of see how that plays out when the, the members of, uh, of the site encounter this creature. So, and that's, uh, that's kind of where that came from. Um, the, uh, the inspiration mostly, so I mentioned that I tried to, to write books before. And so when I mentioned I, I like fantasy, a lot of that, you know, like I said, I played Dungeons and Dragons. I've, I've been a dungeon master for a long time. I, I like dealing in the real world, though, too. Like, I like stories that I feel like could happen, even if they're just a little bit fantastical. And I, I set out. It wasn't that I set out to write a book specifically about cryptids or about this society. It was that we were uh, early on in the pandemic. I'm, I'm home. I'm in the living room. It's all my girls are home from college and everything because they had to all, of course, clear out. And we're sitting there talking and literally just things were like kind of hitting the wall. We're just kind of talking about random things. And it included things like the fact that there's like fan fiction about Bigfoot that gets interesting sometimes and some other things. You know, like, and it was like they were like, well, Dad, you, you're always telling stories. You should tell a story about, like, you know, why why we've never encountered, why we can't find Bigfoot, right? Like, I mean, we, it, he's we obviously all out there. Know. Yeah, he's obviously <laughs> out there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, so that was kind of the catalyst for it. Um, I wanted to do something that that felt like it could be real, even though there's definitely some kind of fantastical elements. I mean, obviously, besides mythological creatures, there's some light sci-fi. There's some. There's some. Uh, some tools and some weapons and some things that, that you might read about that, that seem kind of obviously a little bit more than what you might be able to encounter in the quote unquote real world. Um, but, uh, but I had a lot of fun and it was as the story kind of built, I, I found myself trying to ground it more and more. Like it, it happens in Phoenix, Arizona. I could actually go and show you like the, the, the street corner where the base should be if it was, if it actually existed kind of thing, you know? Um, it, it involves places in the mountains that I've actually been. My, my dad grew up uh, in the kind of the corner where Nevada and Arizona were and, you know, kind of connect. And so I've been down in that part of the country a lot. And uh, I live in South Carolina now, so I'm, I'm far, far away from the desert now. But I've, I've been to a lot of these places. I've, I've seen these places. I know what they sound like, what they smell like, what they look like. And uh, I, I wanted that, but then just to kind of sprinkle in the... The, the fantastic elements as it were. So, so I call it urban fantasy. I, my, my beta readers originally called it sci-fi. Um, and, and I kind of was leaning that way too. But then after out, like my arc readers started getting a hold of it, a lot of them said, Oh, this is urban fantasy, or this is like urban fantasy with, with light sci-fi. And so I've kind of come around to that, uh, <laughs> that new definition for it. Um, well, it sounds so much fun. And um, it's so funny that you mentioned uh, you like stories that you you feel like could kind of sort of happen. Um, every time somebody says that, my mind immediately goes to Stargate SG One um, because cool. that's that's like the ultimate. Yes, this could actually possibly happen. You can go to Cheyenne Mountain in Colorado Springs and, you know, dig down seven, you know, 28 sublevels and maybe find the Stargate. Um, and I, I would love for that to happen. Um, <laughs> fighting, if I ever found out that the Stargate were real, I would probably have a heart attack and die happy. Um <laughs> That's, I mean, it's one of my favorite movies. It's one of my favorite TV shows. I cannot tell you how many times I watched it. Um, 
And when when it uh, released on Amazon Prime, um, I think it has stayed like towards the beginning of my keep watching list um, for like at least three weeks um, because I have my favorite episodes and I, I go back and I watch my favorite episodes and um, just just really enjoy, you know, the the fantastical science fiction maybe this could actually possibly happen um, type storylines. Um, and so, yeah, every time somebody mentions, um, so, you know, yeah, I like stories that could possibly happen. I'm like, that just, it, it makes my heart so happy. Cause I'm like, I am the same way. Um, my, my friend Katie um, has a book that it's urban fantasy romance set in the Appalachian mountains and, you know, I um, had her on the podcast a couple of months ago, and I'm like, I just, I really want to go to the Appalachian Mountains and walk through the woods and find the, find the glade, um, the, the hidden magical glade um, in the middle of the Appalachian Mountains um, and just live there for the rest of my life. So, <laughs> um, cause it would be so cool. So yeah, it's, it makes my heart happy when other people, um, enjoy the same, uh, the same type of stories that I do. Um, so, um, okay. So you had, when you requested, when you put in your request, I should say, um, for the podcast, you had put in two books that you had recently read. Um, and one, I, I gotta know, um, because the title itself, um, feels like it should be creepy, um, just because a lot of people have a, have a clown fear. I do not. Um, I, I am one of those people that I would probably see Pennywise and go, oh, candy, uh, <laughs> Um, cause I, I did not have a traumatic childhood with clowns. Um, my, uh, church, my childhood church, um, had, would have a Halloween thing every year. And, um, they always had like a whole bunch of clowns that would walk around and give the kids candy. And so I see a clown and I'm like, oh, candy. Um, it's just my inner child just lights up. Um, but the name of the book is clown in a cornfield. You gotta tell me, cause I gotta know. <laughs> so, um, well, you know what's funny is, is that uh, you mentioned your your Kindle TBR. Uh, Twitter was absolute hell on my uh, ba uh, bank account because I found so many amazing authors. It is unreal, and uh, and I just I I bought I can't tell you how many books after joining Twitter. But uh, what I will say is that when I came across clown in the cornfield was actually on tiktok somebody had recommended it and i thought okay that just sounds like too i, I just got to see what it is and so uh it is definitely a modern day like slasher type horror book um if you think of something like friday the 13th they're kind of it's it's like more like actually scream is probably a better example because it is a little bit more modern than say like an 80s horror book um Jeepers, it is Jeepers Creepers kind of comes to mind. <laughs> that, yeah, well, and that it's what's what's funny about Clown of the Cornfield is is that it it is like it is very unlike a lot of other books that I've read in that it does not have a slow burn. It's not like a Stephen King book where you're kind of like building some suspense. It is like here's what's happening. This is what we're gonna do, and guess what? Here we go. And and if you're if you're trying to slow down, too bad because it's not gonna you know it's not gonna allow you to do that. And uh, it is a very fun read. Actually, it was one of the fastest reads I've had in a long time. Um, I read it in basically a weekend. And uh, and it was, like I said, it's the premise itself is very intriguing. I think the ending was a little bit disappointing. I don't, I don't want to spoil anything. Um, I, I, I know that there's a sequel. I haven't gotten to the sequel yet. And so I'm curious kind of how they resolve some of the stuff that they kind of leave hanging. Um but uh, but I will say for the, for what it was and for just being able to sit down and be like, you know what, I'm going to turn off my brain. I'm going to read something that's that's really kind of got some funny moments, but also got some very like horrific moments as well. Here I go. And uh, it was an enjoyable read altogether. <laughs> OK, um, who is who is the author? 
Um, I mean, I, off the top of my head, I, I suddenly have forgotten. I could look it up real quick, but um, it's probably on my actual phone. Oh, I don't know. Okay, where I, I was, was going to say I can, I can have you, um, I can have you um, uh, email it to me because then, because I'd like to add it to the show notes. Um, yeah, yeah, no, here, here it is, Adam, uh, Adam Cesari. I think it's how you say his name. Um, and uh, he, uh, he actually has written. He had written a couple of books. What was interesting to me, what, the reason I encountered it on TikTok, partly is that. He had written some other books a while back, and this book had just had its sequel come out when I kind of discovered it. And I think this is the book that just kind of blew up for him. You know, it's kind of one of those author dreams, like, you know, you you have that book that, you know, suddenly people start noticing you, suddenly yeah. people start realizing who, you know, oh, this is, and, uh, and it just got that hype machine going. And uh, uh, his other, I think his previous books have been self-published. This one, I, I'm, I know got a, uh, a deal with Harper or somebody. And so, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. You, you gotta love when authors get, um, get that book that just kind of blows up. Um, I, uh, I had read recently, uh, my husband actually had sent me an email that, um, Andy Weir's The Martian. Um, had, um, it started out as a free, um, online serial book where, where the author, he had basically just published on his, I guess on his website or somewhere, um, just had published it in serialized form and someone had told him you should, you should publish the book and he had self-published, um, and then, somehow gotten a book deal and then somehow um had it made into a movie like a blockbuster movie oh yeah um so yeah i mean keep your hopes up guys because i mean a free serialized story just like written on a blog somewhere turned into one of the best movies that i've probably ever seen so with matt damon of all people so i mean you can't really go wrong when you have matt damon in a movie So, that's amazing. I did not know that story about that. That's awesome. Yeah. That is very cool. Yeah, it's definitely one of those um, don't give up type things because you never know what's going to happen. Um, and, you know, my, my friend Lacey, she had, um, she had opted to self-publish um, her books, um, her series, because she did not want to give up um, creative rights to her book. Um, and she... Um, had, she had been worried, um, that if she found a publisher or an agent that they would, um, insist on certain changes that she just didn't want to have to deal with. And she eventually did find a publisher that was willing to work with her and was willing and did not, um, like, I guess, force her to make changes that she wasn't comfortable with. And so she is in the process of, um, yeah, they're, they're asking for changes, but, um, there it's, she's in the middle of like this massive rewrite <laughs> of her, her, her whole entire series, um, to add some things and to, you know, kind of tweak some things and, um, you know, all of that, but she had opted to self-publish and ended up with a publisher that was, that's, you know, she's really happy with. So, um, you know, again, self-publish don't self-publish it's completely up to the author um but you never know what's going to happen and you never know what you know somebody's going to say when they come across your book so um i i keep hoping that um filmmakers or tv producers or something will find my website and be like hey um do you know these people because we got to make a movie out of this book um, I'd be like, dude, I will hook you up. Um, I'm just really hoping because I, I see things, you know, movie sequels and remakes and, you know, all of this. And it breaks my heart because I'm like, you guys, there's like this whole treasure trove over here of books and of stories and of all of this stuff that would make amazing TV shows, that would make amazing movies that you guys, you're not even looking for because you're too busy over here making remakes and making, you know, sequels. And it it hurts my head, Neil. It just, it just no, no, I Well, you know, it's, it's funny. Is I, uh, and I'm, you know, I, I mentioned that when, 
you know, when we were talking about my daughter and I were talking, or my daughters and I were talking about the, the, the fan fictions and things like that. And that wasn't to like disparage fan fictions. There's clearly some wonderful fan fiction out oh, there. Yeah. But it's, it's funny that the other day I was just kind of like, as I, as one does sometimes when you just have nothing else to do and you just need to like kind of turn off your brain for a moment, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go and look at like Amazon prime and just see what's on there. And you can find this, like, a massive amount of like movies that all got released within the last couple of years. And some of these movies, it makes me go, wait, how did this get approved when I know there's like these other lovely stories? Just And it's again, not to disparage anybody, but it's like, this seems like something that's a massive retread or it's just literally a repackaging of another movie that already exists. And there's all these original ideas out there. There's all these amazing, you know, storytellers and, and people out there writing and, crafting and making these incredible stories and they're just getting they're sitting on people's shelves because so few people know about them so far yeah, and yeah so anyway. exactly yeah that's i'm just i i really hope that you know one of these days um there you know somebody's gonna find me and just be like hey can you help me out because i need an original <laughs> story i'm like i got you i got your back now just let me choose between the 25 million stories uh that i know about um so, cause I mean, I, I have like a, I pretty much have a running list in my head going, um, for when I do get contacted and asked, um, Hey, do you have any ideas? Um, it's just, and I'm like, I have like 25, which one do you want? <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I, I do, I do honestly, I'm not even joking. I keep a running list in my head of, you know, okay. When somebody finds me and asks me, if I have any ideas for a movie or a TV show, um, these are the ones that I'm going to recommend first. So, <laughs> um, no, I'm not going to tell anybody what they are because I, I don't want to like get anybody's hopes up, but, um, I, I do have, I have one particular trilogy that I know would make an amazing TV show. Um, I have one book for sure that I know would make an amazing movie. So I'm like, those are the top two that I'm like, okay, do you want TV or do you want movie? Cause I got one for each. <laughs> um, for so each. yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm telling you, I'm ready. Um, for, for when I get, I get discovered in, in how to, you know, give people ideas for, for movies and stuff. I'm, I'm ready. Um, okay. So this, this other book, um, that you had uh, recommended, um, perception check. What is that one about? So this is by another wonderful indie author, uh, Astrid Knight and Astrid, again, I met on Twitter and this was not, I don't think this was the first book she, I think she had appeared in her anthology previous to that. Uh, but this was her debut novel of like just her own book. And it is the reason it speaks so much to me is that it is literally like if D and D came to life, like that is kind of the, the premise of this book, you know? And, uh, unfortunately because of, you know, Dungeons and Dragons is very copyrighted. <laughs> you have to kind of, you have to kind of tiptoe around a lot of the, yeah. <laughs> the terminology and the names and things like that. But, um, but yes, it, it is literally, it follows a, an individual, uh, and it's got such great representation. Uh, there's neurodivergency, there's there's LGBTQ uh, plus, and there is uh, the characters in it. They they basically find a way to go to like this world that is in the books of their game. You know what I'm saying? Like the rule books of the game kind of present you with how this world exists, and they figure out that you can actually go to this world uh, via some you know some very particular uh, <laughs> methodology and things. And so uh, it's very cool. Um, I uh, I was I was actually had the opportunity to get an arc of it, um, but kind of like you, I was I was in the middle of things, and at the time I had kind of been fielding a lot of people back and forth, and I didn't want to like not suffice. If I knew I was going to read a book and and buy it anyway, I was like, I'm just going to hold off. I'm going to buy your book. I, I appreciate you offering me this this free opportunity, but I would love to just support you in any way I can, especially when it comes to indie authors. I, oh, yeah. I, I realize that it's so hard sometimes, yeah, to get that for that even just one buy a day or whatever. And so, um, so I, uh, I was very excited when it, when it finally did come out, got my copy and, and probably when I applied, I had probably just finished reading it if we're going to be honest. Cause it, it, I think came out not long before, uh, I, I had, I had signed up originally. So, um, 
so yeah, it's uh, just a very cool book. And if you have a chance, uh, check out Astrid on on Twitter and uh, and take a look. She's she's re- writing her sequel right now. In fact, so <laughs> so what is so what is the book about? Can you give like a quick synopsis, or is, um, or is it too yes. hard with no spoilers? No, well, it's not. It's not hard with that. Um, essentially, what what you are opened up on the opening scene is essentially that uh, there's a, a the main character lost a friend uh, to a what seems to have been some kind of attack in a park uh, a few years earlier. Um, the problem is, is that not everybody believes her because her friend disappeared. Now she saw these creatures come and take her friend, but most people don't believe her. They think she's had some kind of psychosis or some kind of trauma that caused her to see things that weren't there. She believes it's it to be real. And uh, she, she is, she's in college and she's introduced to this game through a friend and she just likes it for the artwork. Like she doesn't even care about playing the game. She just likes like seeing the books and the artwork. And as she's thumbing through one of like the newer books that comes out, she opens one of the pages and there's her friend, like a picture of her friend in this world, but she's dressed a little bit different, but she's like, no, this is clearly my friend. And the creatures that she saw in the park happen to be on the same page as her friend. You know what I'm saying? And uh, yeah. And so uh, like, you know, the art of the, and so she realizes, wait, this place is real and somebody has been there and has seen these things and come back and sort of made the game based on the reality versus, you know what I'm saying? Like it's kind of a, a, a flip of the the kind of concept of fantasy. And so um, it's like I said, so it kind of leads to this hunt. It leads to them actually going to this land. And uh, I, uh, I don't want to give away too much once they're actually there. Cause once they're there, it's when really kind of the, the big stuff starts happening. Um, but, but it is, it's just, it's a very fun read. And it was again, to, to have somebody that's an indie author and to see these fresh ideas and just to go back to what we were talking about a second ago, it's, it's cool. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just it's, for somebody who plays Dungeons and Dragons, you read this stuff and it's like, this is just so cool. So. <laughs> I, yeah, I, um, one of the, one of my favorite things, um, and I, and you've listened, um, to, to podcast episodes. I'm pretty sure I mention at least once an episode, um, the, the genre blending, um, being, probably one of my favorite parts about indie books is that, you know, if, when you go, um, and I had actually mentioned this to somebody, um, on Mastodon, um, the other day that I can't tell you how many times I have gone to Barnes and Noble and I have left without making a purchase. Huge bookworm. I, but I, I go into Barnes and Noble and it's like, you go in the romance section or you go in the sci-fi section or you go in the horror section and it's pretty much it's all the same, you know, it's, there's no, it doesn't really feel like there's much originality to it anymore. Um, but you give me free reign in the, the self-published or, or indie on my Kindle. And <laughs> I, I will like spend all my money if I'm not careful. Um, and be, you know, because I, you know, I see covers that speak to me and I see synopsis, synopses that speak to me. And I, you know, I, I see authors that, you know, write genres that speak to me. And it's, you know, I, you know, I see authors on Twitter that they're like, hey, my book's free. And I'm like, crap, because <laughs> I can't <laughs> say no to a free book. Darn it. Um, and... So, you know, I just love the, the genre blending and I, I was talking to a friend of mine, um, one day, a couple weeks ago, and I was telling her about my friend Gabe's book. And, um, because one of the things that I do, um, as part of my business is I make book inspired candles and I take, you know, just kind of the feel and the vibe of the book. And I find a scent that, that kind of matches that. And my friend Gabe's book is The Orchid and the Lion. Um, hi, Gabe. Um, <laughs> he's, he's been on here twice um, uh, just for the podcast itself. And then he's been on here, I believe, for a buddy read as well. So I've had so I have three episodes with Gabe on here. Um, and the um, you know, I was talking to my friend Roxanne and I was telling her um you know, about the book and about the candle. And, um, you know, I was like, it's 
queer sci-fi dystopian erotica. And Roxanne just kind of looks at me and is like, really? And I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, but that's pretty much what you get when you're reading a, an indie book is you get, usually you get at least two genres. If you, if you're reading an indie book or if you're reading a book and it's like one genre and you can tell that this is romance, um, then you're probably not reading an indie book. To be perfectly honest. I think that's fair. (laughs) And, you know, because they just, they love blending genres and adding genres and taking well-known tropes and turning them on their heads. Um, You know, I, I'm reading one book currently that um, I, you've probably seen me mention it at least a couple of times, um, but it's called Winter's Fury by A.E. Rain, and I do believe it is self-published. Um, not entirely sure. I will have to look it up to be positive. Um, it is either self-published or, or indie, um, but it's 760 pages long. That's it a healthy length. It is easily <laughs> the longest book I have read up to date. Um, may I, I'm pretty sure that... Um, not even the stand was that long. <laughs> so I, I'm fairly sure that this is the longest, um, we'll, we'll say the longest fantasy book. Okay. Um, the, the longest, I think, up to that point was uh, The Forever King by Ben Galley. Um, and that one was just over 500. So we're okay. seven, 760 pages in this book. Um mm-hmm. But I'm reading through it, and I'm like, okay, so we've got well-known tropes that I can recognize. Um, and, you know, I'm like, okay, so we have enemies to lovers. Um, and, but, but it's, it's different. It's not, okay. it, it's tweaked just a little bit because they're, it's the, the countries that are enemies, it's not, okay. you know, and the the two people involved in this enemies to lovers uh, situation, um, they don't really know each other. So there, it's like our countries are enemies. So I hate you because I'm supposed to, um, but I don't really know you. So it's so you can recognize kind of the the enemies to lovers type situation. But again, it's different because it's an indie book. Um, and then you have, um, and I'm not going to go too much into this one because it is, um, might be a spoiler. Um, and I think people should read this book. Um, even though it is 760 pages, it is pr- a pretty easy read. It's not, um, it, you, I am not slogging through it uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I want to say I'm like 60, 65% through somewhere around there um for like just over 400 pages i think um through the book through the book and it's been about a week um so it's it's not i'm not slogging through it um even though it is seven i 760 pages (laughs) it is it is this book because i um i had a a goal um i use a a reading app um on my phone that it is designed to um, encourage you to read every day. Um, and so it's it's designed to help you build a reading habit. I don't use it for that. Uh, <laughs> I use it I use it as a book tracker um, because at the beginning of the year and at the beginning of each month, it allows you to put in your goal. Um, of how many books you want to read um, for the year. And then at the beginning of each month, it's how many books you want to read this month. And so the, um, and then when you put a new book in and you start reading the book, you put in a goal date. You want to say, I want to read, finish this book by this date. And then it'll tell you how many pages or how many percent you have of the book you have to read every day in order to meet your goal. Um, 
and it's one of the few apps that I have paid for the premium because it's worth it. Um, it's, it's an amazing app. Um, and it's called read more. Um, just in case anybody's wondering, um, you can find it on Android. Um, I don't know if it's iOS cause I'm not an iOS girl, so I don't know. Um, but it is in, it's for sure Android. Um, and the, the icon is like a purple R or something like that. Um, but anyway, I'm not, I'm not an affiliate for them. Totally should be. Um, <laughs> I think everybody should have this app. I think it's wonderful. Um, but I use it as a, as a book tracker. And um, I had set my goal at the beginning of 2022 um, to go back to my original point at 104 books, which is basically two books per week. And, you know, I'm like, that's, it's pretty easily done, you would think, right? That's like eight books a month. No. Um, Because little Miss Mood Reader over here goes through reading slumps. So, yeah. Um, So I get towards, you know, the beginning of November and, you know, I start reading this book. And Kendall has this interesting little quirk that when you open some Kindle books, it will tell you location 103 of 7,960. It's not 7,960 pages. I have no clue. So, so I start reading this book and I notice that it's like, you know, page, you know, it says like page three of 760. And I'm thinking it's like some weird little location thing, like what Kindle normally does. No, it's actually 760 pages. So when I start reading this book, I'm like, this book is not going to help me meet my goal this year because it's going to take me way too long to read 760 pages. So I decided... Um, through my experience with this book that for 2023, I am not going to have a number of books goal. I'm going to have a number of pages goal. (laughs) So I, so I'm pretty sure that um, my goal for next year uh, will probably be somewhere around 20,000, 18 to 20,000 pages. Um, so, cause I figure, um, I multiplied it out and, um, one book a week, one 300 page book a week is just over 15,000 pages. Okay. Um, so I figured not, I read a lot of epic fantasy, you guys, I don't, most of my books are not 300 pages. Um, there it's either 200 or like 565. There's, there's not a whole between. lot of in between there. Um, so, you know, I'm just, I'm thinking that the page goal um, for, for me personally um, is probably going to be a little bit easier just because I don't see myself um, just choosing 300 page books. I, I just don't see that happening. Um <laughs> <laughs> so we'll we'll see uh, what happens next year. But that is that is my goal um, for next year um, is page goal, not um, not book goal. So hopefully, cross your fingers. Um, so speaking of goals, um, do you have do you have any interesting reading goals for that you will be thinking about for next year? Well, you know what uh, this past year. You know, leading up to, to the decision to actually release my book, uh, started in like January and kind of went through some stuff. And then I, I officially in March, I was like, okay, I can announce this. I'm ready to go. We're going to have this book coming up. I basically spent the first six months of this year not reading hardly anything because I was so, there was so much to do on the back end of the book. Um, and so I kind of like spent like June, like just like avariously like consuming books as fast as I could because I had not, I mean, I had basically spent five months not doing anything. Um, and so I've, I've kind of mellowed out a little bit. I've got, I've found a balance now. Um, you know, next year, what I would really love to do, I am, I am very interested in kind of 
reaching out and getting into some new genres. Um, you know, I've, I, because I've been with, you know, uh, encountered so many indie authors and so many things, you know, between TikTok and Twitter and YouTube and all these other places, I would love to read a little bit more romance. Um, I would love to read a little bit more, uh, uh, you know, like dystopian, because I have not read dystopian in so long. It feels kind of like I'm missing out. <laughs> I, got, I got two books. I got two books off the top of my head. I can hook you up. I'll there we go. Out. Yeah. So, so yeah, well, and, and what's funny is I literally just, uh, like it was this morning, I think I had, I, for some reason, not gotten onto your, to your, uh, webpage and looked at your, your, your books of, uh, 2022, the awards and stuff. I just noticed that there's a ton of books there. I'm going to have to read now. So, so, so. Yes. But, um. and I, so, um, I, I love that you, and we've got about 10 minutes left, so I will try to make this as quick as possible. I love that you brought up my 2022 book awards. Um, because I just recently finished, um, with my friend Kira's help. Uh, she was on the podcast last week. Um, hashtag nutlife Kira. Um, <laughs> but she, uh, we sat down and figured out the last four, three or four, um, categories for the 2023 book awards. Um, they are, they're going to be so much fun, you guys, because I thought of, cute names, uh, cute categories. Um, my, my favorite one, um, I think is probably my friend Gabe's favorite one as well. Um, but it's, uh, the name of the category. Um, no, I'm not going to tell you guys all of them, but I'll tell you this one because it's my favorite. Um, the first one is the first one that I thought of. Um, this, this ship has sailed and it's a, it's a category for the book that you read that had the best breakup scene or the best like ex like ex couple um and you know because you you hear a lot of people shipping couples on tv and it took me a while to learn what that meant um and so when I finally did I thought of that category and um one of the things that I wanted to do was I didn't want genre specific. Um, so you will not see any, any best romance, best poetry, best this, best that. It's, you know, such as um, the best book that kept you reading past your bedtime. Um, you know, so that could be, that could be any book. You know, so it's, you know, the names are all like super cute names, kind of punny. Um, but that will start um, on January 1st will be um, nominations will be open um, and they will be open only to books you have read between January 1st and December 31st. I am very, very clear on that. If an author asks you to nominate their book, then make sure you've read it before you nominate it. Um, so it's, you know, it starts out as kind of reader's choice. Um, I encourage authors um, to ask people to nominate and to ask people to go vote and, and all of those things. No, authors, you cannot nominate your own book. Um, sorry. Um, I, I dealt with that last year, um, and it, it ended up kind of being a pain. Um, and so, cause I was, you know, telling authors, I'm like, yeah, you can nominate your own book. And then I ended up with, you know, like 55 pages in one category, uh, or 55 books in one category. So it's, you know, I'm trying to make it a little bit easier, trying to make it a little bit more streamlined for everybody this year. So January 1st. I'm super excited, you guys, to, for you to see the category names because they're so cute. Um, I'm so proud of them. Um, so, yeah, all of that. Um, thank you again for bringing up 2022 because it gave me a chance to, to share that 2023 is coming. Um, so we've got about eight minutes left, and I did want to ask you real quick, actually seven minutes left. Um, one of the tools that you recommended is one that I've actually not heard of um 
And because uh, you you had recommended three writing tools that you like, two of which I'd heard um, I'd heard of, and I know that um, our listeners have probably heard of them as well. Uh, one is Book Funnel. Uh, the other one is Critique Match. Um, Critique Match. Just in case you guys have not heard of it, um, it is a website where you can go and find a critique partner um, that can um, kind of, it's kind of like a free book coach kind of sort of deal um, where you can get um, peer reviews and um, just kind of talk through your work in progress and, and make sure that your stories go in the way that you want it to. Um, I don't remember much about Book Funnel, um, but the other one that you had mentioned um, is Hemingway Editor. Is that anything like Grammarly or Pro Writing Aid and is it better? Well, okay, so I'll try to be really quick about this. My daughter actually turned me on to this one, and Hemingway Editor is just an online like there's a, there are there are paid versions of it, but you can go use it for free. Um, and if you just go to like HemingwayEditor.com, you can transfer text from a manuscript, put it on there, and what it does is it is it breaks it down into a lot of different categories. It'll say things like words repeated over the course of a certain so if you say i'm going to give you four thousand words it will look at those four thousand words and say you use just 187 times way too many you know oh that's um, fantastic <laughs> that i love that yeah um it'll do things like it'll say you have two uh two adverbs that kind of mean the same thing that are so close together that they're gonna that they they, they you probably could have either just used one or like combined or it, it's not super like it's not perfect uh, i would not say you like want to edit your book using anyway editor exactly but i found so many things like i found the fact that i use she like four times in a paragraph or something you know it's like it was stuff like that like yeah. it it calls out some very particular things and it also will say things like your, you know, these for these 4,000 or 500, or however many words you put in there, it'll say, um, uh, it'll give you like a flow chart essentially. It'll say, um, it'll say like this, this paragraph reads well. This paragraph is in highlighted in yellow because it's choppy. This paragraph is in purple because it's whatever. And it kind of gives you this idea of like, okay, where are my, where are my strengths? Where are some of my weak chapters appearing? Um, I basically just put each and every chapter in there. So I just would go through, I just dropped a chapter at a time. And like I said, I literally found one chapter I had the word had 87. I don't know. It was so many times I, it was embarrassing. So, <laughs> so, um, so from that standpoint, it is a wonderful tool. Again, it is not like a catch all. It is certainly not fallible or infallible or whatever. Um, but it is kind of a, especially if you're a new author, especially if you're somebody who maybe doesn't is kind of doing things on a budget and before you send it off to that expensive editor or whoever it might be, because you want to make sure it's perfect, but you want to also kind of give them a manuscript that isn't a pile of Swiss cheese first kind of thing. Go to a place like Hemingway editor. It's really, it did a lot of, it did a lot of good for me. So okay, awesome. Well, <laughs> I, I will be sure um, to put a link to that in the show notes for everybody. Um, okay. So a couple minutes left, where can people find you? You can find me at neilromrell.com. I am the only Neil Romrell out there. If you look up Neil Romrell, you're going to find pretty much everything about me, and it's all me. So, uh, uh, But neilromrell.com gives you links to all of my socials. It gives you a link to my book. It gives you lots of other things like merchandise and things like that. I also have blog posts and short stories and other things written on there as well. And uh, so look me up. I would love to. I follow back as much as I can. I try to, uh, you know, become mutuals with as many people as humanly possible. Uh, I love interacting with folks and uh, would be happy to, to, to talk or interact with whoever I can find out there. So, Okay, awesome. Well, I, I will be sure um, to put links to, um, to all of the socials, at least, that you shared with me, um, as well as your book um, and the two um, recommendations, the two book recommendations that you gave um, as well. So I will put all of those in the show notes. I will probably get that page created tomorrow. Um, I doubt it will be today, um, you guys. <laughs> be patient with me. Um, but, um, I will definitely get all of that put up so that you can go over there, um, and say hi to Neil and check out his socials, leave a comment with what you think of the show today. Um, all that kind of fun stuff. So, um, got about a minute left. Um, Neil, thank you for coming and chatting with me today. It was an absolute blast. Thank you. Seriously, it was uh, my pleasure. And uh, you just do some incredible work. I know that you spread the the 
the indie author word out there, and I am so grateful. So uh, it is it is so important. It's, so. It is absolutely my pleasure. Um, it's it's so fun for me. It's honestly um, relaxing uh, for me uh, when I when I tell people I get to go work on my business. I'm not just saying that. I do honestly feel like I get to. Um, it's it's the thing that I look forward to when I'm sitting at my day job board. <laughs> so um, I, and I'm really sorry uh, to anybody at my day job that might be listening. Um, but I, it is really, it's the thing that I look forward to. Um, and it's the thing that when I have vacation time, uh, that's what I choose to do um, <laughs> on my vacations. So I, I'm grateful for my supportive husband who lets me do all of that. Um, but anyway, again, thank you for coming and chatting with me. Um, I will get this published uh, very soon. So have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you so much. Bye. Hi, bookworms. Welcome to the Picky Bookworm Podcast. I am so glad you're here. I am the Picky Bookworm and I love bringing recognition to indie and self-published books through book reviews, proofreading, and podcasting. Every Saturday, I get to talk to a member of the writing community from book bloggers to authors and even other podcasters like myself. I'll include a link to my website where you can leave a comment with your thoughts on the show or questions for the author that I may not have gotten to. You can also find information on how to sponsor this podcast. Ready? Ready? Grab your tea, wine, or laundry, and let's get to it.